Welcome to That's Why Podcast with Anna and Patricia, the show where we arouse your curiosity while we dull your senses. Hi, Patricia. How are you? I'm great, Anna. How are you? I'm doing good. Today, we are talking about gratefulness and being thankful in celebration of Thanksgiving. Uh, We wanted to talk about what we're happy and thankful for. I would like to start with a term that's used called the hedonic treadmill. This was such an important topic for us, right? We were actually really excited to talk about this because the hedonic treadmill is a metaphor for the human tendency to pursue one pleasure after another. That's because the surge of happiness that's felt after a positive event is likely to return to a steady personal baseline over time. Basically, baseline is we're coming down from the joy. It also says that the hedonic treadmill, also known as the hedonic adaptation, is the observed tendency of humans to quickly return to a relatively stable level of happiness despite major positive or negative events of life, okay, Mm -hmm. or of life changes. So that was really important when we were going to talk about this topic Mm -hmm. because I feel like especially right now in our society, there's so much negativity. And so it's getting harder and harder to find things to be thankful for Mm -hmm. because the things that are hard and challenging are overweighing those things that we should be thankful for. Do you think the things that are hard and challenging are things we create? Because if we lived in the world a hundred years ago, they were like, what? You have an appliance that does your dishes and your laundry? And you don't need right? a horse and buggy. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not going to die from an infection or right? a fever. <laughs> is the society we live in harder or is it we're making it more difficult? I'm following what <laughs> I'm picking up what you're dropping because I feel like we're getting desensitized mm-hmm. and we're getting so used to having too much. I mean, people used to have so many kids because chances are half of them may not have survived. People used to have to deal with death Mm -hmm. so much more, right? Now a woman can actually give birth and survive. And that's not to say that these things don't happen still, but nothing like it was over 100 years ago or whatever. And yes, I think that it's the perspective in which we carry these days that we take something because we really have it good. I can't complain and I still do. I think based on what you told me earlier today, People oh around you might give you stress. Those oh, are yeah. temporary <laughs> things. But <laughs> Thank goodness I don't have to live with them. Yes. Yeah. What you go through at home or just within yourself, overall you are happy, right? Yes. You, I mean, do you feel like you go through ups and downs? Like a but, roller coaster? But you or? know what? Absolutely, Anna. But what you were just alluding to, it is not that my life itself is so terrible. It's my perception of how I am how I'm processing whatever is happening in my mind. And when I don't exercise emotional strength, I take things to another degree that doesn't really have to go there. You know, let's say my job is challenging, yet I'm only 10 minutes away from home. I come home. I don't have to till the soil from having freaking dealt with a drought or whatever all day and then go home to no food. Like I have a lot of amazing things, a warm roof over my head. Now, going back to this term of hedonic treadmill, 
in the movie Happy that we both like, right? Mm-hmm. Guys, that movie Happy, you gotta see it. I can't, it used to be on Netflix, unfortunately. It's not anymore. I haven't watched it for many years, so I just remember some clips of it. Mm-hmm. But it's a documentary about the world and how different societies perceive happiness. Some languages don't have the word depression in their language. Yeah. In the vernacular. So one of the interesting stories is that they were talking about, statistically, a person who makes $5,000 a year is way... Let's say someone makes, to make it a little bit more realistic for people in the United States, someone who makes fifteen to $20,000 a year is way below the poverty level, right? Way. You could probably not really afford the essentials even, right? You making more money would make you happier, Mm -hmm. That was proven. But people, once their needs were met, right, you had a roof over your head, you had food in the cupboards, and you had food on the table, you had warm clothes, and all those things that are basic needs. People that went from 20,000 to, let's say, 45 to 50, their happiness went up exponentially. But then people were that were making 50,000 that were given 150, 200, maybe even 300,000 weren't that much happier because at that point your needs are met and now you're pursuing your wants. Mm. And I don't think you can ever get everything you want, Yeah, but you can certainly get everything you need. Did you hear about the CEO? I forgot his name, but he took a million dollar pay cut and paid himself 75,000 a year and then also bumped up everybody to a salary of like 75,000 a year. I got to look him up and he... What's inspiring about him is a lot of other CEOs and executives were telling him, don't do this. Like, Mm -hmm. that's ridiculous. You know, the disparity between the CEOs and the workers was, you know, I mean, obviously somebody who's the CEO of a company is always going to make more. And that used to be the case. But even in the, I think I want to say it's the 1940s, 1950s, Mm -hmm. that is when it took a huge jump. I want to say that it went like up 600% where it used to be a smaller percentage Mm -hmm. from your baseline entry level position to the owner of the company. And as we progressed, right, and I can't remember what they called the terminology, but basically it jumped like 600% from what you make. Let's say somebody starting in a company as let's say a call center and then versus the CEO, you're making maybe if you're lucky, 16, $17 an hour entry level and you're the backbone of the company but the ceo is making 10 mil what a disparity and this guy i mean that's admirable i wish more of them would follow suit because they can't afford it this is an update of this year and he did the change six years ago oh wow so he took a million dollar cut to giving employees a minimum salary of seventy thousand. wow new parents and co-workers carrie chen and alex franklin can't wait to introduce their son to colleagues at work a company they say made it possible for them to begin a family in the first place and you weren't the only ones that had a baby huh no No. everybody (laughs) had a baby so it's a baby boom here why do you think that's happening they both work at gravity payments in seattle a credit card processing company with a ceo who six years ago did something that shocked everyone and we're going to have a minimum seventy thousand dollar pay rate for everyone that works here you had people making thirty five thousand dollars a year but you told them you were going to double their salary yeah and then you actually had to do it right how did you pull it off well it's tricky you know I, i took the million dollar pay cut That's right, a million-dollar pay cut. Dan Price was simultaneously hailed as a hero 
and eviscerated as an enemy of capitalism. That is so sad. Lunatic of all lunatics, Dan Price. Personally, I think he's a socialist. I hope this company is a case study in MBA programs because it's going to fail. But that didn't happen. So So you've almost doubled the number of employees and you've tripled business. Yeah. And you're still paying a minimum of $70,000 a year. Correct. You're crying, Patricia. Are you crying because it's a touching story? That's, you know, I'm sorry. Oh, my God. I didn't even know why that made me so emotional. But here's this young guy who obviously, if more of the world, because you know what, Anna? A million dollar pay cut and he was making maybe millions. It's not going to alter your life. But boy, did you impact the lives of so many people. And if more of them did that, we would be in such a different place. Absolutely. Right? And we would never tell someone, like, give up everything you worked for. Exactly. That's not what we're saying. But yeah. we're also saying what you have, the five houses, yeah. the yacht, the, you know, it really affects everybody else around you. And the disparity and the difference between the income is significant. Again, all the people's lives that he changed, because I'm going to tell you right now, since I got this job and I'm making more money than I've ever, than I've ever made, I have had the luxury. Thanks, Anna. Anna's giving me a tissue. I'm sorry. I didn't even know that was going to happen, but that's okay. Let's be grateful. Um, I have been able to do things that I would have never been able to do on my previous salaries like something as simple as so my sister who lives in florida and her daughter and the grandkids my sister's in new york now with her son and he really needs her he's going through a rough time and now my niece her daughter wants to fly out there with the kids and they can't afford it and i was able to say you know what i'll pay for one of them so to alleviate the stress and it what good is money if you can't enhance obviously your life and other people's lives he just touched so many people by that decision which probably didn't alter again his world that much but boy he impacted and as a result these people will be able can you imagine having your salary doubled wow like can you imagine going through and buying groceries and seeing a mom who's struggling with her kids And she's like, come here, stand still. And she's buying all these groceries and her bill's 300. And for you to be able to say, you know what, I got you. Wow, what an amazing world that would be. Anyway, that's what comes to mind to me. Yeah, um, I don't I don't not spoil myself. I just spent $200 for makeup I didn't need and some other stuff. And I'm like, wow, how fun can this be? But at the same time, I want to give back. It makes, it's more motivating, you know? So, you know, we live in Salt Lake City. We're near Park City. And there are a lot of rich people in Park City. But those houses are their second, third, fourth Yes, home. exactly. One of my clients used to work at one of the resorts there. And she said that there were billionaires that would come to visit. One particular family came and they just wanted to have puppies for the week that they were there. 
they bought these puppies for like three thousand dollars each, and wow. at the end of the week, they were just like, "Okay, well, we're got, we're done," and gave the puppies away to the staff mm. to have that money just to yeah to know, just throw around throw literally around. just throw around. Yes. And you know, it's funny because it doesn't matter how much money you have when you don't have your health, mm-hmm. like Steve Jobs. I right. wonder if he would have traded a lot of what he made to live a little longer because at the end of the day. He left behind a wife and children. Mm-hmm. I would think that he wanted to stay longer for them. Yes, Does that make I sense? Would. Yeah. If I had this loving family, I wouldn't care about anything. I wouldn't care about money. I wouldn't care about right. toys and cars and houses. I would, no, I just want my family. Right. And that was one of the questions they asked people that were older. They said, what do you, you regret in life? <gasps> and they said, like, I regret not spending more time with the people I loved. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So my my son's girlfriend said the she read something and I think it's online where it's the five biggest regrets for people that were had 12 weeks to live. Something like mm. that. It was titled something like that. And she said that one of the top ones was people not being authentic and doing what made them happy. Speaking of gratitude, right? Wow. And being happy. Because a lot of times we live for other people and we're just doing, you know, um, and not in the right way, you know. Uh, One of the regrets was, and it was 100% men that said, I wish I wouldn't have worked so hard and would have spent more time with my family. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. That's huge. One of the things with this hedonic ladder Mm -hmm. or this hedonic treadmill that we were talking about, it says seven ways to avoid the hedonic treadmill and increase your happiness. And I think that you practice a lot of these, Anna, but just for our audience, I think it's important. So one, the first one is practice daily mindfulness. So what, what does mindfulness mean to you? For me, it's, it's kind of mindless. When I wake up in the morning, I don't think about things. I just do it. So for me, it is being You're mindless. Present. Well, I would call that being present. You're here. You're here in the moment and you're doing versus audience. When you can't sleep at night, why? Your mind is where? Playing what you had to crush. do? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I do. I'm like Candy Crush. I got it. I got I'm an gonna hour. That's free. Okay, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, but when I can't sleep at night, and uh-huh. I hear this from a lot of people, it's because their mind is on what's going to happen tomorrow, on what happened two weeks ago, on something unresolved, which is not happening in the moment. Mm-hmm. They're not present. They're not there. You're being present. And I think that that's what really, I would say that that's That's what mindfulness is. Now, this is different than mindfulness, but I think it goes along the lines of practice loving kindness meditation. You meditate. I need to meditate more, but yes. Uh Okay. And I think, doesn't (laughs) it put you in a state of, I mean, when you get out of it. I love it. Yeah, it's amazing. Yes. Number three is develop a more optimistic nature. Yes, definitely. Have you been with people that you're like, oh, so you're going to go to the store and they're like, yeah, and it's probably not going to have anything Mm -hmm. that I want. And you're like, yo, you know what I mean? Like they are very pessimistic about everything. Number four, accept your emotions, whether they are positive or negative. So Mm -hmm. again, accepting yourself. Number five, set meaningful goals. And you know what's funny? I spoke to my girlfriend today and she's like, you sound good. What are you doing? Are you cleaning? And I was like, how did you know? Because you're happy when you clean. I'm happy when I clean. I love cleaning and organizing because 
it's such an immediate gratification. You can see immediately, obviously, what you're doing is coming to fruition. And you know what I'm saying? And so, but the goal that I set to clean my office, I just set that one goal. And I know that doesn't sound like a big deal, but so many times we put 10 things on our list and we didn't even get to two of them. And so we feel like Mm -hmm. crap. But if you just do the one thing and say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And if I accomplish it, I feel great. That puts you in a state of mind. <laughs> is it okay to feel accomplished when I watch a movie on my Netflix list <laughs> and yes. I get to delete it and I feel accomplished? <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Do you feel that Why? way? Like, not only do I feel that way, but I'm going to be honest. You know how I get around the guilt? It yes. is me time. And then when you're like, oh, I get to remove this from my list. And you're like, done. Uh, one less movie to watch. Yes. I love it. Yes, Anna. It's goals, okay. To do. Small goals. That is goals. Okay. Um, okay. Number five is set meaningful goals. I think me time is so essential, whether it's me or me time is me being here with you. You know, this podcast has been amazing in my life. And I'll have more to say on that when we close. Okay, number six is put more effort into your relationships. That is what I need to do. Elaborate on that. Esther Perel, which I've mentioned before her name, she's amazing. And she has said the quality of your life is based on the quality of your relationships. Oh my goodness. I listened to a podcast of hers and she did something that's called friend therapy, where instead of doing marital therapy... Mm -hmm. You bring your friend. There were two guys on it and they were friends for a while, but they slowly kind of drifted apart and they were able to figure out why, because nothing drastic happened for Mm -hmm. them to drift apart. But what happened is one guy was insecure because his friend was able to make friends easily, kind of moved on and then, Mm. you know, have a bigger social circle. Because one guy was, I think he was Indian and one guy was white. Mm -hmm. And he was like, well, you kind of have the quote unquote, you know, white privilege. Mm -hmm. And he was just like, oh, I didn't think about that. So they almost felt like they were unrelatable in those senses. Interesting. But they were both insecure about the other person. Like, well, that person is not better than me Uh because they were proud of their accomplishments, but they felt like they weren't enough, you know? Interesting. And then Esther Perel, what I loved, she asked them a question and he said, okay, well, you know, I I felt this way. And then the other person was like immediately responding Mm -hmm. and she was like, sit on it. And she made them, she made them just be silent for like, I think it was like 20 or 30 seconds Wow! to sit on those emotions. Yes. Because we always want to jump in and be like, okay, you know, I got it. I'll fix it. Let me just do it. Or something along the lines of if Anna, if you're like, Patricia, you know, it really hurt me that you got here late. And well, you know, there have been other times that you've been late, right? Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like we do that as human beings all the time instead of sitting on it and understanding the energy that you're coming from with that and letting our ego down. Mm -hmm. I think the ego is always quick to respond. But if we sit on it, I love Esther Perel, but I think she's right, Anna, about those relationships. I mean, I'll I'll send you the link to the friend therapy. I think you'll like it. Mm -hmm. Well, Anna has helped me through some difficult times and (laughs) oh, I don't want to cry. Oh, oh my gosh, this is such an emotional show. <laughs> Can we just take a commercial break? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> da, da, I don't know. Da, it da, was da, like I commercial know. music. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know. That was... <laughs> but Anna, you have been there for me and you helped me accomplish a, a dream. And 
I want to thank you for that. Aww. And you are part of those relationships that I cherish. You're a treasure. I, my friends are a huge treasure. Obviously, there's a default. My family, my husband, my children, my sister, my, you know, but my friends have helped me through times that I don't know if I really would be here if it wasn't for them. And I appreciate that you, so going back to your question about how do you nourish, you reach out, you send a message, how are you? Because you do that for me. You've been wonderful that way. And I can only imagine that you're like that with the other people in your world. And it's giving them ample time, you know, Mm -hmm. calling them, texting them. We are all busy and we can't always nourish all the relationships the way we want, but keeping a connection alive when you're together being present like this and talking, mm-hmm. we we had such a good time eating. Oh my gosh, how long did we ate for like two hours? <laughs> <laughs> I felt like it, huh? It was a long time. Because I was like, oh, I just want a small bowl. And then I, kept, <laughs> then I finished Peter's bowl. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can't stop oh, eating. <laughs> you know what? I got hungry all of a sudden. So anyway, but that is definitely one thing and keeping in touch. And I think you're great at that. Oh, thank you. You um, are amazing like that. You have a huge circle of friends. I hope my friends know how amazing they are. And if you're not listening, oh. you ain't my friend. No, I'm just oh. kidding. <laughs> oh, no. But my friends know how amazing they are to me. So, okay. So number six was put more effort into your relationships. And then the last one, number seven, was develop your gratitude habit. I feel like that mm. was such a great choice of words to put a habit because just like it's a habit, it, it turns into a character flaw to constantly be complaining. Oh, wow. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to the store. Oh, yeah. I probably won't find anything that I that I need or whatever. It's also, yeah, I'm going to go to the store and being present. Mm-hmm. When you get there, see if there's nothing that you need and then maybe move on to the next thing. But it's a habit to be positive, just like the opposite is true. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? I knew a person that was like that where everything happened and it was, oh, the world is against me. Yes. Like, always no, the victim. No one's getting you. <laughs> no one wants to no, get you. No. Okay. <laughs> You'll be fine. <laughs> yes. Now, there was another point I wanted to make, and this one's really important because I feel that we do this a lot as a society, and I feel that it takes away from our gratitude. It robs us from the fullness of gratitude. Have you met people that they're always like, you ask them, how was that experience? And they're like, I'll give it a nine or an eight and a half because there's always room for improvement. There's always room for improvement. Nothing's ever a 10. Have you met those people? I have met them. And to me, I'm like, everything's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) That was so much fun. It was so cool. Like a couple of weeks ago, our friends came here from Houston. Oh, not Houston. I'm so sorry. Dallas. Fort Worth. Okay, yeah. Texas, Texas. I know, but I was like, But Houston... Is in Texas. Texas (laughs) That is. Oh gosh, guys, we have not (laughs) been drinking. Maybe that's what we needed. We we needed alcohol. (laughs) But when but when they came here, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is life changing because she's like, try this, and all she did was put coffee creamer in milk, but it almost tasted like um, it enriched it, like made it a little bit more creamy and sweet. Yes, and I was like, oh my god, that's life changing. I know. And then 
Ain't like no one would have thought of right? that. And then the next day, we had these like bun mi sandwiches, and I'm like, that's mm. life changing. Yeah, so that, was, that was my theme for that weekend. I'm like, everything's life changing. You're rocking my world. I love it. Yes. <laughs> but seriously, like, I think everything is a ten. I'm very. You are very happy. positive. Oh, yes, Anna, you. I can vouch for that. <laughs> and yet, I know that you know people that they are like this, and I've even echoed these words. But when I had this epiphany myself, I was like, you know what? When you don't give anything ever a 10, you're always in the future. You're not appreciating things for as they are now. Exactly. And there have been many times where I'm having an experience and it's so fulfilling and it's so amazing. And I don't know if you've ever said this, but I was like, if I died right now, I'd be okay. Like, Mm -hmm. this is so amazing right now. And it doesn't need to be better. I'm appreciating it for everything that it has to offer right here. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes, Because you does. do this. So for those of you who have this philosophy, you might want to reconsider because I think you do miss the fullness of the moment mm-hmm. when you're always like, well, it could have been better like this. And you start breaking it down instead of saying that was just amazing the way it was yeah 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 and so that to me is part of creating a habit of gratitude and thankfulness do you have gratitude even if it's a situation that was negative or something that was not happy even though that was shitty i would have to say no i'm not there yet Mm -hmm. i i feel like i still have a lot of growth to be able to walk away from a situation if it's not going my way or as painful as it is, and it depends on the situation. Let's say you missed your flight or the flight was canceled and now you had to, re- what are you going to do? Okay, you know I used to work for JetBlue mm-hmm. and you used to be able to fly for free and sometimes I didn't get bumped often, but I got bumped on occasion. And I have met the most amazing people in airports and I don't know what it is about me, but everywhere I go, <laughs> they gravitate to you. People be telling me the dark secrets. <laughs> you sound like a six-year-old smoker. Yes. <laughs> so tell me, honey, how did you get here? Um, and you know, it used to bug me out. I was like, why is it that people be spilling the beans? I do love talking to people and mm-hmm. I feel that I am somewhat approachable. But I think one of the other things in those scenarios is, They'll never see me again. <laughs> even That's though true. we'll say, even though we'll say we'll keep in touch or find me, <laughs> but we'll never see. They'll never see me again. And people ha- are have a fear of opening and being vulnerable, mm-hmm. meaning letting people in, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that that's why that happens often. But point being, though, that other than a flight or let's say it was the passing of someone that I loved. Mm-hmm. That would be a very hard thing to train or to redirect my emotions. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm grateful, obviously, that this happened, but what can I focus on? Mm-hmm. And I'm not there yet. I'm not emotionally enlightened or mature or strong enough to be able to be like, okay, I'm going to focus on that I'm grateful that I knew them and all those good times because I get lost the feeling. When you have your emotions, do you feel like you you peak really high and you drop down low? Or do you feel like they're kind of slow trickles of fluctuation with your emotions? If you're angry, it's really hot. Do you know what I mean? Like, do you feel... That's a really good question, Anna. I've gotten so much better on not having the peaks anymore. Mm-hmm. And if I have a peak, I come down faster 
Does that make sense? Like mm-hmm. if I have a peak and it's super heightened, I'm able to talk myself to not crash, right? Because when you have a heightened emotion and you're intense and you have to come down, when you crash down, it can lead you to depression. Mm. It can lead you to so many things. I'm able to talk myself down incrementally so that I don't crash. I'm getting better at this age after so many freaking, (laughs) after half a century on this planet. I'm hoping to master it by the time I die. (laughs) You know what I mean? Happy birthday. Oh, by the way, it was before Halloween. It was the day before. Oh yeah, the day before Halloween. I know plans fell through. Yes, that's okay. That's okay. But here we are. Yes. And I had a great birthday. I had a lot of great gifts that were given to me. Oh, nice. Can I tell you something really interesting? Oh, snap. I am having an epiphany, like, as we speak. You know how they say the law of attraction, like, the more you want something, you almost have to release it so that it comes to you? Mm -hmm. I was so bitter and angry that my previous birthday was so anticlimactic <laughs> and no one gave me good gifts and I was like these shitty people in my life no I'm just kidding <laughs> I was like these MFers nobody really made an effort and of course everybody's blaming everything on COVID you can't even get free samples at a restaurant now they're like oh no. it's COVID I was like what the hell is COVID ever? anyway give me those goddamn breadsticks right now and yeah <laughs> no kidding and this year I went into it with no preconceived notions. I was just happy that I'm alive one more year. Mm -hmm. You know what I say about birthdays, right? Do never complain about getting older because the alternative is dying young. Yes. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just happy to be alive. Whatever comes, I'm good. And it came to me. The gifts, the, the love, the attention, everything, because I was not demanding interesting yes i just realized that wow that shit is real did i send you anyway, a happy birthday text i think you sent me a happy I birthday did? text. okay yeah i'm really bad i at got so much love okay, Anna. i really do and you know what whether you did and this is where i'm at right now whether you did or didn't i know you love me oh yes i'm glad <laughs> and now why do i celebrate birthdays because i think it's just the day that you can honor the mo- the most amazing miracle in your life which was you are part of this planet do you know how unique that is you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. there'll never be another you there never was and never will be everything you're experiencing is unique to you that is something to be celebrated i am not only grateful to the typical gratitude of my family my husband who works really hard for us my children my sister my friends but i am grateful that i have grown so much and that i live in a time That at my fingertips, I have all the knowledge to be a better person than I used to 20 years ago. And I'm grateful for technology. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) You know what I mean? Wait, so before technology, before cell phones, and you had to call someone, or even if like you'd block your number, star six, what is it? Star, <laughs> star six, six seven, nine. Or star six nine. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about something oh. else. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. One of those two. Uh-huh. Remember? Yeah. Or, I mean, yes. Technology has come a long way. Yeah. And we're very appreciative of that. I You're, am. That's true. I For am. sure. For sure. Okay. I have access. I've learned so much, not only through this podcast, mm-hmm. but others. <laughs> I'm grateful for the podcast yes. world. 
I am grateful for, of course, friends and family, and I'm grateful for my health because now yes. that I'm 39, I see how fragile our body is because Peter, I thought he injured his leg, but it's actually his back, L4, L5, and S1. Mm-hmm. And I see how fragile our body is, but at the same time, how resilient it is. Yes. You know, right? like some person can get shot seven times and survive but then you walk weird and you broke your foot or you know you right, broke right. your leg or you or you tripped hit yes. your head and now you're dead you're like what right? yes yeah. yeah so in a way it's like yes like we we appreciate everything that happens but then for the technology for the medical research for all of these things yes. I, I appreciate that I'm happy living in this era. <laughs> yes, I really am too. Yes. This is why I get shocked when people are like, these are the worst times ever. I was like, really? Are you kidding me? I don't see it that way. Uh, remember Black Death? <laughs> yeah. Well, and do, who was it that said? Was it Albert Einstein? He, some, I, and I'm sorry if I'm ruining this, people, but audience, you can correct me. He said, whether you see or like if you see the world as a negative place or a positive place, it's really how you see it. It's mm-hmm. neither, mm-hmm. you know? And so I am so grateful to be here at this Me time. Me too. Yeah. I agree. Uh, and I'm thankful and grateful for us talking about this and sharing yeah. it with all of you guys. And so, thanks for letting me get all verklempt. <laughs> How gosh. And I'm, I'm sorry I was laughing. I was watching no, the, I, the computer screen and I turned around. I thought you were laughing. When so I was she like turned around, I was covering my mouth uh-huh. because I was trying to not get all emotional and I couldn't help it. And I was like, and are, then you she's like are you laughing? And I was like, no. And she's like, oh, <laughs> oh. damn, you aren't laughing. <laughs> but that's a great story about the CEO and... That, so. that was amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, guys. If you would like to be a part of our show, we would love to hear from you. Ask us questions and share your story. We'll give you our unfiltered, unprofessional, unqualified advice. Record an audio clip and send it to that's why show at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And please follow, subscribe, and write us a review. What is our inspo quote? Our inspo quote is very interesting because even though it sounds like it has nothing to do with gratitude, I feel like it does, right? Anna, yes. we, we discussed this and it says, just because someone carries it well doesn't mean it's not heavy. Mm-hmm. I admire those people that despite whatever trials, whatever things they're going through in life, they carry it with grace and strength and they almost uplift others because they're thankful people and they're present and they try to have a positive attitude, which is everything we've discussed right now. And I feel like if we were to incorporate those characteristics, Mm -hmm. we would be a more thankful society. Great way to end this Thanksgiving episode. Absolutely. (laughs) And Anna, thank you for having this. And as always... Peace, love, and dark chocolate. Yay. (laughs) Bye. Bye.